Welcome to Living Wisely, Living Well, timeless wisdom to enrich every day with Asha Nayaswamy, one of the spiritual directors of Ananda Palo Alto and a founding member of Ananda Worldwide. If you enjoy this content and are inspired by the teachings of Paramahansa Yogananda and his disciple Swami Kriyananda, find Asha on YouTube, Facebook, all podcast directories, and her website, ashajoy.org. Living Wisely, Living Well, October 8th. Learn when to stop whatever you are doing. If speaking, learn to stop when you've said enough. And if writing, don't drag on beyond your point once you've made it. People often think, if I can say just a little more, I'll succeed better in convincing them. After leading your listeners to the top of a cliff, what more can you do except push them over the edge? <laughs> <laughs> he's nothing if not vivid, isn't he? He just It's just so clear. You know, I'm a wordsmith. My uh, thoughts go into words just almost like there's no, there's very little gap between a thought and the expression of it for me, which of course is uh, a great virtue. I've made a reasonable career out of it. And uh, it's also a great curse, as you can well imagine. But what Swamiji is talking about is not the speed of what you say, but, but knowing when you've made your point. It's, it's really, really interesting. And, and to, to, to observe people, to discriminate and pay attention to what they're doing, to pay attention to the effect or the, or the, ineffect, the effectiveness or the ineffectiveness of what people are doing is not judgmental. Judgmental is to think that's a terrible person because they do that. I don't like you because you do that. Leave me alone. Don't, don't behave that way. That's judgmental, where you get emotional about what they're doing. But merely to observe is a really good way to learn just how do people's way of speaking, how, how does this person's way of presenting his point of view, how does it affect me? And if you observe that you grow tired of listening, you feel like the point is already made and they're starting over again. You're beginning to feel a little battered by what they're saying. You've kind of forgotten what the issue was anyway, which happens a lot. I, I know, it's, you know, just sometimes you have to say, I'm already convinced. <laughs> I mean, I know on many occasions I said, if you think you need to persuade me, you don't need to persuade me. I, I get that point. And I've often been amused when I say that, where someone will feel they need to have to explain it to me anyway. So what we're also working with, you see, is who am I talking to? Who is my audience? What is my objective? I'm, I'm not a good person to train other people at public speaking. I mean, I just have to say it simply, I, I don't know where this comes from. You know, this facility that I have with words, it, 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 I, I often impersonalize it. It belongs to her. It doesn't really belong to me. I don't know where it comes from. And so I don't know how to teach other people to speak well, because I, don't, I never learned, I just knew. So, but I, there are a few things that I have been able to say, which is helpful. Before you start a conversation, if it's important, before you give a presentation, if it's important, decide in advance what it is you're trying to say. You know, just like, a, like very simple, even if you're giving an hour-long presentation, like, what do you want people to know when they walk out? Keep it very simple and very clear. And especially if it's you're starting a conversation with something that's important to you, before you open your mouth, try to clarify in your mind 
What do I want them to understand? And then here's another thing that is very interesting that people often don't do, either in public speaking or in private conversation. Who am I talking to? And what do they already know? And what is of interest to them? You know, and, and are they already receptive? Or what kind of a personality do they have? Do you know, will they want just the facts? Or are they the kind of people who likes the whole backstory? My sister and I get along really well because we tend, both tend to feel that no detail is unimportant. <laughs> we just both like to have the whole story. And it's partly because I like to think things out for myself, so I don't enjoy just getting the conclusion. I like to get what the whole backstory is, how we got to this point, what the whole lay of the land is, and then I get the question at hand. But I like that all to be clear and focused, not just meandering, but I like the whole story. Other people just want, you know, what's the question you're asking? What do you want to know at this point? And they're just not interested in everything. So what he, as he puts it, learn when to stop whatever you are doing. And he's talking about words in this case, or the example he uses is words. If you're speaking, pay attention to the person you're talking to. Very often I, I observe, and I see it in myself too, and when I do I stop, when I notice it. Oftentimes people get lost in their own thoughts. And even if there's people in front of you or a person in front of you, this is, I'm just going to give you a picture because this is what it looks like to me. If it were a cartoon, and it's like the words come out, you think about what you just said, you kind of suck the words back into your brain, then you roll them around a little bit, then you offer more, but it just keeps going in a loop like that. And because it's, sometimes we're nervous. Sometimes we're, we're shy about really, we're talking, but we're, we're really shy about communicating. That's what I often see. People, people want to be heard, but communication is a, an interaction. And, and communication is an actual exchange of vibrations, not just words. And some people who are less articulate, are less brilliant in their articulation, are yet masters of communication. Because whatever words they do give you, they give them to you completely. I have a friend, and it's a joke, but you know, she'll, she, uh, well, she's brilliant, but her thoughts, uh, uh, she can put them into words, let me be fair. But she also sometimes just says, I mean, you know, like, 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 wow, like that. And so it's sort of a joke. I mean, you know, like, wow. But I have to tell you, sometimes I understand more from I mean, you know, like, wow, than I do with some of my much more verbal intellectual friends. Because when she says that to you, she gives you her whole heart and the whole experience behind it. And somehow or another, you receive the experience. But some, if people are giving you a lot of words, but they're, they're just, they're not giving them to you. And so this is also the how you can tell when you've done enough, is if you're actually talking with someone, not merely talking at them. That they're not incidental to the speech that you're giving, but they are the point of the speech that you're giving. So I, I've often noticed with Swami, he starts slow. And I don't, I mean, sometimes he starts slow in rhythm, but he starts slow with his thoughts. He he just begins to tell you the story, 
and then he gauges your response. It's all, it's not calculated. It's not like he's looking like this or, or, you know, measuring your blink, your eye rate or anything of that type, but he's feeling it. He's, he's feeling whether or not you're, you're opening to him. And of course, people are more inclined to open to you if they feel a positive, welcoming, loving, respectful energy coming to them. If all they feel is the power of your mind trying to persuade them, I mean, what do we do when that happens like this? But if, we, if you feel somebody who really, um, really cares about you and really has a desire to communicate. Swamiji talked about a certain person who was learning to speak to be, you know, have a public role within Ananda. And, he, and he, he commended that person by saying, what people feel from you is that you have a real desire to communicate with them. And it was actually, it was a very instructive thing for me because the ideas that they presented were very good, very intelligent, but not, not as brilliant as Swami. But what you really did feel is a desire to communicate. And that wins people. Because we only understand a certain amount of words. You know, I'm, I love ideas, I love words, and sometimes people are just wonderful. They'll, you know, I often give programs within the context of Ananda and the, co- the community I live in, but not always. Sometimes someone else will give like the Sunday morning talk or something like that. And sometimes people <laughs> say the funniest things. Somebody, one woman came up to me once and said, you know, I just love so-and-so's talk today, you know. Um, it's okay when you talk, but what you say just goes whoosh right over my head. That's how they said it. Whoosh right over my head. Because it's too many words. Too many words, too many concepts. Others will just say, oh, I love it when you talk. Because some people like words, some don't. You just be yourself. But above all, we are communicating. We're not just articulating for the sake of exercising our voices. I had a very interesting experience also when... Um, when I had my deposition taken in the course of a lawsuit. And uh, in the deposition, the the opposing lawyer um, asks you questions and you answer the questions and your own lawyer sits next to you to make sure you don't really mess things up. And our lawyer, this was in this enormous litigation that involved Ananda over many years, he, he was telling us, you know, don't answer anything except the question that's asked. I mean, that's sort of the art of having your deposition take. You don't lie, you don't withhold information, but if they don't know to ask you, don't tell them, don't volunteer. You know, just let them find out what they need to find out. It's, I know that sounds a little funny. Swami actually refused to cooperate with that. He said to our attorney, he said, that's not appropriate for me. It's just that Swami was there and he was just going to present what he wanted. And of course, he did beautifully. But the whole point of it was this because I'm very attuned to words, but I'm also very attuned to intu- intuition. And so when I only answered the words that were spoken, it was amazing to me to realize how little words are actually communication. Because certain words are used, but we're always feeling and listening to what's really being asked. So when I could, when I only had to respond to words, I mean, it just became so small. It was just such a small thing that was actually being asked compared to what I knew he was asking and, and could feel what he was trying to draw out of me. I mean, it all came out just fine. And the biggest thing I learned from that was, oh, 
It's not what we say, it's how we say it. And above all, the spirit with which we say it. And knowing when to stop means that you're actually connected to your audience or the company you're in and not just connected to your own mind. And then Swami comments about it in writing too. He he spent several decades teaching me how to write so that I would be capable of writing primarily the last book I wrote, which was the fourth book, which was called is called Light Bearer, which is my life with Swami Kriyananda. That was basically a large part of the reason why I was born, was to write that book. And a large part of the years that I spent with Swami was for him to teach me how to write so that I could write that book. Hallelujah, praise the Lord. It was published a year ago on my 72nd birthday, on the 50th anniversary of Ananda. Da, da, da. It was just about as perfect as it could have been. I can die happy now. I don't expect to die soon, but if I do, it's no problem. It's done. But when I was really learning, and I had to learn over many years, and it was not easy, Swami said to me once, he said it so perfectly, I remember it. He said, the problem, Asha, is that you don't know what you want to say. And when you don't know what you want to say, you say it three times just to be sure. <laughs> and I finally realized it wasn't that I couldn't write, it's that I couldn't, it was that I couldn't think. I couldn't think clearly. So I had to learn to, to decide when is it enough. And the only way you can tell when it's enough is if you actually know what you want to say. So it all becomes a cycle that you, you practice. You practice clarifying your thoughts by speaking them, by listening to them, by watching the effect. Then you clarify your thoughts, then you practice your speech. And all of it is really worth doing because our inner reactions and relationships with people are a huge part of our happiness on this planet and our effectiveness on this planet. So you don't have to be eloquent, you don't have to be brilliant, you just have to be sincerely interested in opening your heart and sharing with people, unafraid to offer yourself and willing to receive them back. So, Swami says, learn when to stop whatever you are doing. If speaking, learn to stop when you've said enough. And if writing, don't drag on beyond your point once you've made it. People often think, if I can say just a little more, I'll succeed better in convincing them. After leading your listeners to the top of a cliff, what more can you do except push them over the edge? Joy to you, my friends. Our work is made possible by inspired listeners. So if you feel to support Asha, you can make a one-time donation or for unique members-only content, subscribe through Patreon. Blessings and thank you.